Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Profit Podcast. Everything NFL and fantasy football related all year long. With your host, Calvin Wright. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Profit Podcast. It has been a while since I've done a full-on podcast. And I can explain why. Uh, it hasn't been that I forgot about the podcast. No. Basically, at some point last season, I started making uh, videos for Sleeper, the fantasy football plot platform that I know a lot of you all play on. And that started to take precedent over the podcast. So I was working a lot more on individual player videos throughout the season. If you follow on the TikTok or YouTube, those were all there. But some people who just watched or just listened to the podcast, they were very confused. And I've been waiting to start up the podcast till we get kind of into some, some actual relevant fantasy football stuff. But I feel that we now have enough knowledge of what's going on in the world of football that we can kind of start to have an educated conversation about it. One reason why I didn't do as many super early videos or uh, podcasts is <laughs> I felt like in the past couple of years doing podcasts throughout the entire offseason, I fell in love with players way too early. And I started just, just getting hooked on these players. So, so I make a video in January about how player B is going to be a league winner and player A is going to be a bust. And then by, by, the, by the time we got to, gosh, even May or June, that was kind of cemented. And we got to August when people are actually drafting. And my advice is so much based on stuff that I said in January and so much changes throughout the offseason. We don't even know right now where Delvin Cook is going to be. This podcast could be obsolete by the time you listen to it. So I decided to really wait and and wait till we get into kind of July to start doing the podcast in full swing. But here we are. And today we've got a special well, it's it's not a special podcast. It's it's the running back ranking podcast. So I mean, if you like running backs, this might be a special podcast for you. It might it might be a good one. We are going to go through the top twelve running backs, and then next podcast I'll do the next twelve. So so I have a twenty four running backs listed out. I'm going to go through them all over the next two podcasts. And you know, I like to do things. I, I like to jump right into the fantasy football stuff. No f- big fluff, so let's get going. The number one running back, at least on July 10th on my Excel sheet, is Christian McCaffrey. This should not come as a shock to anybody. Christian McCaffrey is, is, is a fantastic running back. He's been stuck in Carolina, and he's had some injuries. But last year, he stayed healthy. He played 17 games, the most games he's ever played. He stayed healthy. He had 356 fantasy points, finished as the RB2, and he was just unreal. If you had him in fantasy, you know what I'm talking about. 
Uh, week 17, 31 points. Week 14, 29. He had a 40-point game. Week 8. There are very few players in the NFL who have the, the potential to just explode any given week and win you your, your game. So Christian McCaffrey, things are pretty stable uh, on the 49ers. We don't know exactly if it's going to be Purdy or Trey Lance. And we're not exactly sure, but it doesn't matter because he has shown over the years that he can produce incredible fantasy results no matter what's going on around him. And I think that it doesn't matter. The quarterback in San Francisco is pretty much the best system he's ever been in. And he's going to be a fantastic option once again. Average 67 rushing yards a game on top of 43 receiving yards in five receptions a game. He's one of the safest options. If you aren't scared about the injury history, Christian McCaffrey is your guy. My number two running back, this might shock a few people. It's not Austin Eckler like a lot of people like. A lot of people like. It's Nick Chubb. What? 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 Okay, Nick Chubb has been one of the most consistently fantastic fantasy running backs that I remember. I mean, he has pretty much been a top 12 guy, top 10 guy every season. He hasn't had a year where he, he really busted. And he's on Cleveland. A lot of stuff has happened on this team since he's been there, and he has been able to produce. Last year, 1,500 yards, 12 touchdowns. He averaged uh, 300. Oh, no, he had 339 opportunities. The main thing that has hurt Nick Chubb in fantasy football over the years is that he doesn't catch the ball. It's not that he's bad at catching the ball. They just, they just had Kareem Hunt do it. They just had another guy do it. Well, guess what? Nick Chubb, who had 27 receptions last season, is now alone in that backfield because Kareem Hunt is no longer on the Cleveland Browns. And you're going to say it doesn't matter. Kareem Hunt, what was he, the RB40 last year? Yes, he was, but he still had 44 targets. He still had 44 targets. And over the past few years on Cleveland, he's averaged about four or five touchdowns. That is a lot of fantasy points. It's not enough fantasy points to make him startable on his own. It's enough to make it so Nick Chubb isn't the number one running back. It's enough to make him so he's the number six running back. With Kareem Hunt gone and not being replaced, I expect a lot of the pass-catching volume that was going to Kareem Hunt to go to Nick Chubb. If we add on just 30 more targets this season, which is very realistic, I think Nick Chubb can finish as the number two running back in fantasy football. And this team is getting better. Deshaun Watson is there. People don't like Deshaun Watson for very obvious reasons, but he's a good quarterback. He's a good quarterback. Last year was rusty. He took essentially two years off of football. He's going to be fine. He was a top five quarterback for three seasons straight before he left. He's going to be great. Amari Cooper is going to be, this offense is going to be really good. And Nick Chubb is going to be one of the main central focuses in this offense, and for them to win, he has to be a pass catcher, and I think that's what's going to happen. My number three running back. This might shock some people because it's not a player that I've always been super high on, but after last year, he deserves a lot of respect. Josh Jacobs, everyone. Josh Jacobs, rookie season 2019, pretty good, 18 points, but he didn't get enough opportunity. Only 45% of the snaps played. The next year, he was the number eight running back with 57. Then then 2021, he was uh, kind of a bust with 14 
number 14 running back with 55% of the snaps played. But last year, he finally got the opportunity to really shine. He stayed healthy the full year, played 77 or 75% of the snaps, and he rushed for 1,600 yards and 12 touchdowns, the running back three of last season. Jimmy Garoppolo's coming in. It's not a massive change at quarterback. I, I think this offense is going to be pretty similar to how it was, and I think they're going to really lean really lean on Josh Jacobs. This is someone who's who's consistent. He's he's very solid week in, week out, but he also has that potential to blow up. He had a game in week 7, 35 points. He had a game in week 12 against Seattle. We all remember the overtime win, 45 points. There are very few running backs with the potential to put up 200-yard games. Josh Jacobs is one of them. He comes in as my running back number three. Running back number four, here he is, Austin Eckler. I there's it's not that I don't like Austin Eckler. That's not why he's ranked a lot lower for me. I mean, he's still number four. That's still, I think, very... That's showing a lot of respect. He's a fantastic running back. He was the number one running back last season. For me, I think that the Chargers are going to want to be a little more pass-heavy, a little less Austin Eckler. He's not the best pure runner. He really isn't. He relies a lot on his the, the receptions, the receiving which is fine. He averaged 7.5 targets last year a game. I don't think that's going to happen. They went out, spent a first-round pick on Quinton Johnson. Justin Herbert is one of the most talented passers in the NFL. I think this offense is really going to try to throw the ball downfield more, and we're going to see less receiving work for Austin Eckler. So it's not that I dislike Austin Eckler or think he's going to drop off in terms of efficiency. No, I think he's going to be fantastic. But I think with that slight decrease of pass catching work, and then the guys I talked about with Nick Chubb getting an uptick in that receiving work, I think Austin Eckler will finish as the RB4. My next running back, RB5. A little higher than consensus right now. Right now, consensus has this guy kind of kind of low, ranked like number 10 or 11. I think it's a little crazy. He's being drafted at the end of the first round. Jonathan Taylor. I I believe Jonathan Taylor is one of the best running backs in the NFL. 2020 rookie season, only 47% of offensive snaps played. He finished as the RB6. 2021, he plays 69% of the snaps. Very nice. And he rushed for 1,800 yards and 18 touchdowns and finished as the running back one. Last year, he got banged up. The offense was a disaster. Matt Ryan and Sam Ellinger. He was one of, oh, and Carson Wentz. It, it, was, a, it was a horror show. And he, he wasn't bad. He averaged 4.5 a carry. He just, it, it was a disappointing season for the Colts. Well, what happens? They went out got a new coach, and got a quarterback who has a lot of potential to be a star. Look, Matt Ryan wasn't going to be a star. Carson Wentz was not going to be a star. Samuel was not going to be a star. Anthony Richardson, like him or not, he has the upside to really elevate the offense and make this one of the most exciting, fast-paced offenses in the NFL. They are going to lean on Jonathan Taylor a lot with a young quarterback who runs. It's going to be a lot of running with Jonathan Taylor and play-action throws and runs by Anthony Richardson. I could see the Colts leading the league in rushing yards this season. And Jonathan Taylor, if he stays healthy, 1,800 yards and 15 touchdowns is very much in the realm of possibility. When we're looking at Jonathan Taylor, would I be shocked if he was the number one running back in fantasy football this year? Not whatsoever. Not at all. 
yet you're getting him at the 109 on sleeper platforms. He's being undervalued because people are associating his talent with what happened last year, and that's not the case. Sometimes a situation is so bad, the player can't do anything about it, and that's what happened with Jonathan Taylor. He, I mean, I mean, he even had, when he was healthy, he, he wasn't horrible. There was a the four-game span where he was averaging 100 yards and a touchdown a game, averaging 17 fantasy points, and then he got hurt again. And then he just decided, we're not going to play him. Why would we play him? We're not making the playoffs. They held him out, essentially, for the rest of the season after their 14 bye week. So I'm not worried about Jonathan Taylor's talent. He's still very young, only 24 years old. Jonathan Taylor is going to be a fantastic fantasy pick. All right, my number six running back. This is where things get a little murkier with the running backs. Saquon Barkley. He's going at the very end, pretty much the 111 and sleeper leagues. So people are, are a little down on quad father. But uh, I, I don't really get it. He had the best season he's ever had since 2018. The offense hasn't gotten worse. One could argue it's getting better, especially with their head coach there really fixing this team and Daniel Jones. He rushed for 1,300 yards, saw 76 targets, the most targets he's seen since 2018. And for some reason, people are down on him. I don't get it. I don't get it. He even stayed healthy. Saquon stayed healthy, finished as the RB6, and now people are letting him fall to the end, <clears throat> the very end of the first round. I'm disappointed in you all. You finally got what you wanted from Saquon. He finished inside the top 24 all but one, two, three weeks last season. He finished consistently in the top 10, several performances in the top five. Saquon Barkley is one of the most talented running backs in the league. Fact. Saquon Barkley is a focal point of this offense as a pass catcher and a runner. Fact, this offense is getting a bit better, especially with Jalen Hyatt stretching the field. Fact, so why on earth is he falling to the end of the first round? I think the ADP will rise. Right now, a lot of the drafts happening, it starts off with Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. The running backs are going to make a move up in ADPs. So if you're drafting right now, take advantage of that. Draft these guys, Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley. Draft them. Draft them. Because there's nothing wrong with them. People are just really into the wide receivers this year. And, and you are going to be able to get Saquon and possibly Jonathan Taylor back-to-back if you're end, drafting at the 111. There's, there's a chance you can take Jonathan Taylor and Saquon on the way, way back. It's ridiculous. Saquon Barkley, running back six. Running back seven is Bijan Robinson. He's the highest rookie. He's well. He's just an unreal player. Look, Bijan Robinson enters the NFL as one of the best running back prospects we've seen in a very long time. Bijan Robinson was drafted eighth overall. A team does not spend that type of pick unless they are planning on making him a focal point of the offense. All right, this is a team. Arthur Smith. Wants to run the ball. Tyler Algier, he got him to over 1,000 yards last season. He got Cordero Patterson on top of it to 600. And there's another guy, I, I can't even remember the names at this point, who had, had like 400 yards. They had 
I think 2,200 rushing yards last season, one of the top rushing teams, and the running backs were pretty pretty bad. They bring in Bijan Robinson. This is the coach. This is, He was the offensive coordinator when Derrick Henry was you know, getting 40 carries a game. They bring in B. John Robinson. The sky is the limit. The sky is the limit for B. John Robinson. He's another, I wouldn't be shocked if he finished as the number one overall running back this season. The only reason I don't think he will is because I think touchdown opportunities in this offense will be a bit limited. I don't think the offense is going to be fantastic. And I think Tyler Algier will be more involved than people expect. I think all these running backs will be involved. That doesn't mean Bijan is not going to be the workhorse. He will. This team is just going to run the ball a bizarre amount, and that will unfortunately slow down the time of game, fewer possessions, fewer touchdowns, and that's where the upside starts to get capped a little bit, and you'll need to rely on some big plays. But Bijan Robinson comes in as my RB7. My RB8 is, drumroll please, Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard has been a really fantastic running back for quite a while. I mean, he's 26 years old now. He's been with Dallas since 2019, and he's always been really, really efficient. He's, over his career, averaged 5.1 yards a carry. Uh, but but Ezekiel Elliott's been there. And that's been the end of story. He's been nothing more than a handcuff, occasionally a flex option, until last year. He really started seeing a lot of work, and he capitalized big time. After the bye week, in week nine, he came back, and before he got hurt, he was on pace for 1,100 yards, 10 touchdowns, and 340 opportunities. This offseason, they said goodbye to Ezekiel Elliott and have not replaced him with anyone, showing that Tony Pollard will likely be the main running back, pretty much the bell cow. Now, I don't think they're going to run the ball as much as they did with with Ezekiel Elliott. Tony Pollard would probably break. And Mike McCarthy likes to pass the ball. Mike McCarthy really likes to pass the ball. But if he's seeing 15 rushing attempts and then combining that with six targets, he's going to be an absolutely fantastic running back. Now, now the reason he's eight, I don't see him having the upside as some of these other guys to you know potentially be the RB1 on the season, I think that his touches are going to be much more limited. And I think that the, the focal point will be through the air. But Tony Pollard is very talented, has big playability, and he's the RB1 in Dallas. I just don't think he has quite the potential that Saquon, Bijan Robinson, and Jonathan Taylor do, where you could see them getting you know, 350 touches and finishing as the RB1. But Tony Pollard I do like a lot. Derrick Henry comes in as my RB9. Oh, it feels bad. It feels bad to bet against Derrick Henry. I've done it before. It's never worked out. It's never worked out. But this year, guys, I'm not betting against Derrick Henry. I'm not saying Derrick Henry is washed. Derrick Henry sucks. Please don't hear what I'm not saying. I think Will Levis, Ryan Tannehill, and Malik Willis suck. And I think that Derrick Henry, sadly, will have his upside capped by the, the quarterback incompetence. I mean, I mean, he, he was good last year. It's not like Derrick Henry is, is on the decline. He had, what, 390 opportunities, 1,500 yards, 13 touchdowns on the ground. He's still a beast, and I think he will be a beast. I just think that the possessions 
are going to be limited for the Tennessee Titans. I wouldn't be shocked if they don't see the red zone a whole lot. Uh, and if they do make the change to Willis or, or, uh, or, or Will Levis, those guys are going to vulture touchdowns and runs. They really will, sadly. I think the Titans are going to be a really crappy team that will probably win enough games because Vrabel's a really good coach, so they won't get a, a, a premier quarterback ever. They're going to be stuck in, in purgatory for quite a while, I believe. But I do not see a path where these quarterbacks help produce a, an elite opportunity for Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill, when he had A.J. Brown, he could do it. That play-action offense, Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, A.J. Brown, it worked. But Will Levis and Derrick Henry and the guy with asthma, I'm not a big believer in it. <laughs> Traylon Burks. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot his name. How could I? He, he was everywhere last year, right? No. They traded, essentially, A.J. Brown for Traylon Burks, and I don't, I don't know if Traylon Burks had a, a startable fantasy game last season. Um, what? Let me, I'm going to check that, actually. Last season, did he have a good game? He had two good games. Or he, he had a game with 14 points and a game with 15 points. Those were his two best games. Yeah, my, my point stands. All right, moving on to my running back 10. And this guy will move up a lot if Dalvin Cook doesn't join the team. But right now, in terms of betting odds, Dalvin Cook is likely going to land in New England. But Ramondre Stevenson. <whistles> Last year, he finished as the RB11, played all 17 games, averaged, what was it? Uh, why can't I not find my stats? Um, he averaged five yards attempt, but he did all that with Damian Harris still there. Damian Harris taking a lot of the goal line work. Only five touchdowns last season. But he's coming into his third year, and he looks to be the featured running back in New England. And talent is not a question. And receiving opportunity is not a question either. 88 targets. Patriots haven't done a lot to fill the wide receiver void. Ramondre Stevenson is going to be one of their top targets, and he's going to be their main running back. And he's going to get the touchdowns this time. Unless Dalvin Cook goes to New England. In which case, everything I said down the drain, Ramondre Stevenson moves to like my RB 16 or so. I don't, I don't even know. But if Dalvin Cook doesn't come and Ramondre Stevenson is safe, I might move Ramondre Stevenson up to my like number five running back just because 88 targets at the running back position without a lot of wide receivers coming in and joining the team, that is very appealing. Talent is there. Now the opportunity is there on the ground, and we know that the receiving opportunity is there. Those are the three things you're looking for. Talent, opportunity on the ground, especially in the red zone, and receiving work. And right now, Ramondre Stevenson checks the box on all three. That could change right now. But right now, the second, Ramondre Stevenson is looking fantastic. My number 11 running back. Someone that is, you know, very familiar to this podcast. Someone that has caused me a lot of pain, a lot of heartbreak, but also a lot of happiness, particularly uh, week nine of last season. Travis Etienne comes in at my RB11. He, he makes the cutoff as a top 12 running back. 
look, when Travis Etienne, there's some concern about health. He got a little banged up last year. They brought in some other running backs, like a, a guy named Tank Bigsby, <laughs> to to help uh, ease the load. And you you can't you can't tell me that a guy named Tank isn't going to take some of the carries, especially you know on first down or on the goal line. But I'm fine with that. I'm actually fine with that. ETN getting a little cut down in the in the carries and staying healthy, but getting an uptick in receiving work, that would be wonderful with me. I would be perfectly happy with that. He finished last year as the RB17. He started the season. James Robinson was there, had to beat him out for the job, which he did. The production, though, 5.1 a carry. He did have some fumbling issues, which kind of kept him off the field, especially in clutch uh, times. But I think that he did kind of prove himself at the end of last season. If you remember in the playoffs, he had a fantastic performance, made a clutch touchdown. But only 35 receptions last year. As someone who was touted as like a great pass catcher, who has chemistry with Trevor Lawrence, I am expecting that number to go up. Every report this offseason has said ETN is looking way better. Last offseason, he was worried about rehabbing the foot, and it was basically a rookie season. This year, he got to work on actual football, making sure he's not fumbling the ball, getting his hands back for pass catching. I think ETN sees an uptick as a pass catcher. The fumbles go away, and I think that he finishes as the RB11, a really, really solid season. I'm not expecting this breakout RB1, like the number one running back, because I think the offense is going to be really pass heavy. I think even Evan Ingram's going to get his fair share of touchdowns. Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley, they're all going to get touchdowns, and Trevor Lawrence will sneak some in. So I don't think the touchdowns will be there for ETN to be a top five guy. But top 12, I think he's going to do it. I think he's talented, and I think that the opportunity through the air will be there. My number 12 running back, and this is this was the hardest running back to put in there. There were a lot of guys where I'm like, they're really good. I think they're fantastic. But are they going to get the start? I don't know. And that's kind of what it happens after after really their eight or nine running backs where I'm like, yeah, these guys are going to be the starters. Then it gets messy. Then it gets really messy. My RB12 is Brees Hall. This is the highest I have ever been on a running back who's coming off an injury like the ACL tear. ACL tear, my general rule of thumb is stay the heck away from them. But he's so good. He's so good. I, I'm breaking every rule I have by putting Brees Hall in my top 12. And and gosh, if Dalvin Cook signs today, he's, you know, RB 25. But as of right now, they are saying Brees Hall is making extraordinary progress and will be ready. It was not quite as brutal of an ACL injury as J.K. Dobbins and Dalvin Cook's from a few years back, and it was somewhat early in the season. So I, I can't explain the difference in the injury, but I know that it wasn't as bad. Still, I think Brees Hall will get off to a very slow start, but I think over the next, you know, last 12 weeks of the season, he'll be a top 10 guy pretty much every week based on the talent, the speed, the agility, the pass catching. He was so good when he was playing last season. I can't stay away. I just can't. But here's what I'm doing. I'm not drafting Brace Hall. Because you know you heard what I just said. He's going to get off to a slow start. Let your, let your friend draft Brace Hall. Wait four or five weeks as he starts rehabbing the knee. Then trade for him. Buy low on Brace Hall. I'm starting a buy low campaign on July 10th. 
I'm going to be the first one to say it. Buy low on Brees Hall. So let's 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 take a look at what our schedule is for the Jets. Let's see if there's a a prime day to buy low. The Jets have a bye week, week seven. Uh, that's probably going to be the prime spot. He goes against New England, Kansas City, Denver, Philly, some rough defenses. Then the bye week. Buy low week seven. He comes back. He finishes up against some easier defenses, whatever, and he's going to be a top 12 guy. Weeks one through probably like five, he's going to be a bust. Then you're going to go, oh, maybe I see the flesh. It's just like J.K. Dobbins last year. And then he, I think he's going to finish the season very strong. So Brees Hall is someone that I like a lot, even though he's coming off the, the ACL injury. Last season, he averaged 5.8 a carry. <laughs> it's unreal. It's unreal. And he was a great pass catcher, 218 yards through the air in, over, in, in only seven games. And really, he didn't get the, the main start until about week three or four. He was still competing with some, what was it, like Ty Johnson? And then week four, he started getting the bulk of the carries. That was the first week of double-digit carries. And in those four games that he was the main running back, he was on pace for 1,400 yards and 17 touchdowns as well as 500 yards through the air. Brees Hall is one of the best running backs, I think, in the NFL. And if he can come back from this ACL injury, he is a steal at his current ADP of the third round, 303. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with the risk at the 303. I'm fine with that risk. All right, everyone. Next up, we will do the running backs 13 through 24. Some names on there include Miles Sanders, J.K. Dobbins, Antonio Gibson, Cam Akers, Najee Harris. But what order are they in? That's the question. That's the question. You have to come back to find out. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the, this episode of The Profit Podcast. Uh, make sure you follow the TikTok, the YouTube, all of those things. Also, if you want to join my chalkboard, that link is in my bios on my social media. That's where I connect with all my followers. We're going to be doing mock drafts, some giveaways, and some followers leagues. So make sure you join my chalkboard, and I will see you next time on Wednesday.